most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Flex Night Shift Podcast. Where every Friday, Sean Kerner and I, Chris Raybon, speak to everybody out there clocking those late night DFS hours as we break down the Sunday night and Monday night DFS slates. If you've heard Sean and I talking player projections this week on the Action Net Pod, uh, welcome back for even more good stuff. And if you haven't, be sure to check that out over on the Action Network Podcast channel. Sean, how's it going? <laughs> uh, it's going good. Uh, I can't believe we're already at week nine. This is literally the midpoint of the regular season. It's been a fun season so far. Uh, you've been kicking ass in all facets, so can't wait to see what the second half brings us. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good year so far, so yeah. hopefully we can uh, keep it going. And speaking of which, uh, before we jump into the yeah. Sunday Night DFS late, just want to give a shout-out to our guy Andy uh, Oano, I hope I'm saying that right, but he hit us up on Twitter uh, after a nice five-figure cash uh, using some of the DFS plays that he heard on the pod, uh, and he gave us some love, tweeted out the pod link and everything, so uh, we just want to give some love back and shout out Andy, so if you're listening to this, we really do appreciate it, and uh, you can send us an email at podcasts at actionnetwork.com, uh, we will hook you up with a free year at Action Pro, uh, we'll hit you with some action swag, all that good stuff. So uh, hit us up, podcast at actionnetwork.com. And uh, thanks for the love. And to everybody else, uh, really appreciate you guys listening as well. And hopefully um, you guys can uh, get some cashes. I don't know if you're in the same tournament with Andy over here, though. Uh, might, <laughs> might be tough. But uh, let's uh, let's get into the Sunday Night Football slate, try to find some more winners. And it's the Tennessee Titans going to Kansas City to face Andy Reid and Mahomes off the bye uh, on Sunday night. The Titans are 12-point underdogs. The total is around 46. And we know the freaks come out at night, so (laughs) who do you expect to have a freak performance in the captain spot for Titans Chiefs? Uh, I got to go with Travis Kelsey here. And, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill still hasn't practiced, so it seems like we might get another start from Malik Willis. Um, He practiced Wednesday. He practiced Wednesday. He didn't practice Thursday. Oh, he didn't practice today? Yeah. Oh, well, either way. uh, So downgrade. I don't know if that was – It could be shaping – just based on the spread, it does seem like, you know, the betting market at least is expecting another Willis start. I think if Tannehill is starting, it might be closer to 10. Uh, but either way, um, whoever they start, this it'll be a run-heavy game plan from the Titans. I don't know if you could trust anybody outside of Derrick Henry, really, for the captain slot. So I'm going chalky here on the Chiefs side. And, you know, the Chiefs, they're going to throw the ball, build a big lead. But once they get the lead, I think they'll keep throwing the ball. You know, the Titans have a really good run defense. They rank first in DVOA. Um, so like I said, even once the Chiefs, get a lead they, they could still be throwing the ball uh the titans ranked 22nd in dbo against the tight ends 
Plus, you know, the, the Chiefs have so many receivers. That's that's kind of how they replace Tyreek Hill of just embarrassment of riches. They have like four or five viable receivers now. So I just think Kelsey has the clearest path um, for having a captain-worthy game, especially coming off the bye. So going to have to go pretty chalky with Travis Kelsey. Yeah, you kind of alluded to it. The Chiefs have so many receivers that it's kind of hard to predict on a weekly <laughs> basis. So I'm going with Patrick Mahomes in a captain spot. Uh, I, you know, you kind of weighed it out. The Titans are very good in run defense, a uh, number one in DVOA, 15th against the pass. So they're solid, but uh, I do think off the bye, the Chiefs are going to have some some things kind of schemed up with Mahomes. I think they'll come out early uh, and have success. So, uh, you know, Mahomes, he could it could be to anybody, like you said. So, mm-hmm. and this is a spot where I think a lot of people are going to go Derrick Henry. Obviously, nothing wrong with that, but. Yeah. It is a you know road game with a 12-point spread. There is a chance that he doesn't get quite as much usage as he's been able to get in this five-game winning streak that they've been on. Yep. So uh, this is kind of a – you could go with Mahomes in the captain spot. Maybe you fade Henry and go with Hilliard or somebody mm-hmm. like that instead. So um, that's kind of the way I'm going to play it here. But who do you like uh, as dart throws? Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, Okay, I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Yeah. Well, you already stole my thunder. I mean, <laughs> on the Titan side, obviously I'm going with Dontrell Hilliard. I mentioned him on our projections pod earlier this week, uh, but this could be an ideal game script for Hilliard, no matter who's under center, really. Uh, but like you said, the Titans have won five straight, so we haven't seen a trailing game script in a while. Uh, but still, Hilliard, he's managed to post, you know, four more receptions in two of those five wins. Uh, and the only time we've seen the Titans lose and Hilliard being active was week one when he caught two touchdowns against the Giants. So, um, and he also saw eight carries for 83 yards last week. Granted, that was against the Texans, but even if it's an extreme run heavy game plan, they have to give Henry a breather every once in a while. So, either way, Hilliard's in the mix here. So, I, I got to go with him on the Titan side. And then on the Chiefs side, I, I got to be chalky here. Kadarius Tony, I bet he's going to be pretty popular. But, you know, life's too short not to have some fun here and uh, root, root for Kadarius Tony and his Chiefs debut. He's off the injury report, so I guess both hamstrings are good to go. Um, you know, he's coming; they're coming off of a bye week, so Andy Reid has had ample time to think of, you know, ways to use his new weapon and Tony. So this should be a blowout. Could be a great spot for them to get him some work, especially towards the end of the game. He could see design, you know, screen passes, or even design runs. Um, I think they want to just get the ball in his hands when he is on the field. Granted, he might not play that much, but when he is on the field, I'm expecting them to give him the ball, um, maybe even around the goal line. You know, you, you talk about how the Chiefs come up with some crazy stuff around the goal line. Maybe they have something in mind uh, for Tony there, but uh, he's too exciting to, to pass up here. Yeah, what I'm hearing with Tony is actually uh, they're going to install him at punt returner. So Fuck. that is that is actually going to be his um yeah. his first role because you know Reed was like you know it, it is we have a pretty crazy playbook you know I don't expect him to like pick it all up you know obviously uh, some people were even talking about like it might be next year before he's fully unleashed but uh, at the same time I do agree I think this is a game script where you know you could get the back like they're gonna have six receivers active most likely you could get all three of the backup receivers in the game uh, earlier than usual and you know. Tony, you know, getting part return reps, I think, is, mm-hmm. you know, it's in a, on a showdown slate, especially you could stack him with the defense, do different mm-hmm. things. So uh, I I think he's, uh, you know, he's a good play. Uh, I, I'm i going with, uh, I have a few guys. So Chigo Okonkwo for the Titans, he is 
their rookie tight end. And predictably, coming out of the bye, we talk about it a lot. That's how he hit with uh, Samari Ture, uh, a couple, I think it was last mm-hmm. week. But, you know, coming off the bye, these rookies tend to see an uptick. And the two games since the bye, Okonkwo season high in snaps in both games. He's averaging 25 and a half snaps and a 44% snap rate. Uh, last week, they didn't pass much, but uh, had a season high in route participation at 50%. He was just missed on a long gain by Dontrell Willis. So, oh, Dontrell Willis. <laughs> ah, man, that's, that's an old Marlins. Old story, school. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marlins, Tigers. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, big boy. Yeah, no, uh, uh, Malik Willis. But, you know, as even if it is Willis, you know, this is a game where they're most likely going to have to pass more than they did against the yeah. Texans. So I do think he's going to get opportunities. Kansas City's 8.5 schedule adjusted targets per game to the tight end, allowed to the tight end position, second most in the league, according to football outsiders. And Okonko already has a rush attempt. Uh, A quarter of his targets this year have been in the red zone. And the Chiefs are allowing uh, the fourth most touchdowns to opposing tight ends. Uh, receiving so I, I like the matchup for him and uh, I think he's going to get more opportunities uh, maybe even late in the game you know he might be the, that guy over Hooper uh, you know when they're just throwing a ball around uh, another guy is Sky Moore and I think he's going to be sneaky because mm-hmm. as I met you know you just kind of talked about Kadarius Tony probably is going to be chalky but and, and Moore is probably going to lose his punt return <laughs> duties to Kadarius Tony mm-hmm. but that allows him to focus more on receiver where I ultimately think, you know, he's better suited. He ran a season high 30% of routes in the last game and now they're coming off the buy. So, you know, everyone's kind of thinking about Tony wouldn't surprise me to see Andy Reid scheme up, you know, his other guy that they liked <laughs> in sky Moore and get him some opportunities, especially, you know, he had a rough game that last game heading into the bye. He dropped the ball. Uh, so, you know, they like to kind of show trust and get these guys confidence back. That's what they, the bills did for Isaiah McKenzie. You know, he had that rough game going into the bye, and then they, they kind of made sure he got a touchdown, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in that first game out. And I think you could see the same thing with sky Moore, whose route participation over the last four weeks, even heading into the bye, was 28% compared to, uh, under 10% in the first three weeks. So he, he'd already been trending up. And, uh, one guy I'll, I'll mention too, just because, as this could be again a game where it, j- it just looks nothing like the last five for Tennessee is Cody Hollister. He's right now their third wide receiver because <laughs> Kyle Phillips IR, Traylon Burks IR. So both of their rookies are out. Now they did sign Chris Conley last week and he played a few snaps, but Hollister had a season high 57% route participation rate. And, you know, Conley, yes, it's a revenge game against the Chiefs, but I just don't think <laughs> Conley's been around the team long enough to overtake Hollister just yet. And because the quarterbacks have been kind of a revolving door, uh, you know, I just don't think he's going to have the reps to really be. I think, you know, he'll still he'll be the fourth wide receiver to be active, but I do think Hollister, who's been here for a number of years uh, and, and, you know, on the practice squad, on the active roster, I think he'll get that wide receiver three role. So, if Kansas City's leading by a couple scores in the fourth quarter, Tennessee might have to go, you know, three wide, throw it, throw it around the yard for the entire fourth quarter. You could see Howard's to catch a few balls against a prevent defense, kind of like Samari Ture did in that game mm-hmm. against the Bills. So I uh, thought I'd mention him. He's not, he's not talented, not very talented, <laughs> more of a special teams guy. But again, we're just talking about some catches against the prevent. Maybe, maybe he gets a touchdown or something. Yeah, I love that Oconquo 
uh, call, and I got super excited when I saw that he had uh, as many routes as Austin Hooper and Jeff Swim combined. Thank yeah. God, those guys are boring. Was well, it like but, two to one? <laughs> but yeah, but then you kind of alluded to it. Yeah, it was a small sample size. I think Willis only dropped back like thirteen oh. times, so it could be just noise. Uh, but either way, I hope we see him see more playing time going forward because he's a talented, you know, he's a fourth round pick granted, but so is Isaiah likely. Uh, but he he looked really good in preseason. He's yeah. got skills. He's a little bit older. I think he's like 23. So he's ready to go. So, yeah, this is a perfect time to kind of invest in him. Yeah, and and like you, you know, yes, the route participation is a small sample, but the snaps themselves, yeah. like the literal volume of snaps and overall snap rate, have been going up. So, um, you know, Jeff Swaim's really been the guy who has taken a little bit more of a backseat because they also signed this guy Kevin Rader, who was uh, formerly on the Steelers, mm-hmm. and he's been, you know, they've been using him in some blocking sets. So Jeff Swaim's kind of getting squeezed from all angles here uh, <laughs> at the tight end position uh, for the Titans. But uh, we do have some some fullbacks on this slate. Long pass to the fullback. Got a nice block from the fullback. How many tackles can one man break? Oh, look at the fullback. Down the sideline. Big setup. Rodley. Touchdown. Like a runaway beer truck down the sideline. Yeah, we're, we're doing our best to, to keep the fullback position alive and thriving. Make fullbacks great again. Michael Burton for the Chiefs. And I think Tory Carter is gonna is, is gonna miss the game. I think he has a neck injury. So I don't know if he's gonna play, but uh, you know, Burton could get could get a carrier too, right? You know, short yardage. Yeah, he, he I would consider him a below average um tight uh fullback for these slates. But again, Andy Reid gets crazy around <laughs> the goal line. So all of these guys, Jody Fortston, Noah Gray, Noah Gray. Michael Burton, all those guys have the potential at least for a one yard touchdown. That's what we're looking for here. Yeah. And uh, what about with the the luck rankings for this matchup? What, what's it looking like? Yeah. So uh, Tennessee ranks first. Lucky. They are the <laughs> luckiest team. Uh, the the Giants fell to number two. Uh, but yeah, the the Titans have won five in a row. Uh, four of those, I believe, have been one score games. We saw this last year. You know, they were kind of a fraudulent number one seed, uh, in my opinion. So this probably has a lot to do with Mike Vrabel just being a good coach yeah. and being able to win close games. That That is an aspect of it. But either way, they have been very lucky. Um, and the Chiefs are 10th. Uh, so, you know, closer to the middle of the pack. We, we kind of know who the Chiefs are at this point. But um, I don't think the market's fooled. I think the market realizes the Chiefs are the much better team here. So we're not really, and this is a luck ranking differential of only nine. So it doesn't meet our threshold of 10. So this isn't a luck rankings play by any stretch of the imagination, but the Titans do top the rankings right now. Yeah, I think it just kind of points to kind of what we've been talking about, where we might see a few more pass attempts and dropbacks yep. from the Titans this week than we've seen just because of the, the game script. Yep. Now on the sleeper sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game changing product, unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can win on sleeper by playing their new over under game. It's super simple. First in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money that you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. 
The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sweeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, let's move on to Monday Night Football. We got the Ravens going to New Orleans to take on the Saints. The Ravens are two and a half point favorites. The total is sitting around 48. And the news, uh, the relevant news that we just got uh, not too long ago was that for the Ravens, Rashad Bateman, uh, is going to be out for the season, so that's a tough loss for them. And for the Saints, Michael Thomas looks like he's going to be out for the season as well. Jarvis Landry is back practicing, so maybe we get a Jarvis Landry sighting this week. But uh, essentially, the two teams, uh, number one receivers heading into the year, both out uh, for the, the rest of the year. So tough blow, but uh, who do you like in the captain spot given all of that? Uh, I got to go with Chris Olave given all of that because – Michael Thomas is out for the season. That solidifies Olave as the Saints' top wide receiver for the rest of the season. Honestly, even if Michael Thomas were to return, that would probably still be true. Olave has looked really good um, this season. Uh, Like you said, even if Jarvis Landry does return, I don't think that's going to impact Olave too much. You know, that's just going to knock down Traquan Smith, Marquez Callaway, those guys. Um, but I love this matchup for Olave, especially in the captain slot. He already has a you know massive ceiling. Uh, but the the Ravens have allowed the second most yards on pass attempts, 20 plus yards downfield. And Olave has seen the second most targets, 20 plus yards downfield. So this is a perfect spot for him where he might catch, you know, the Ravens deep. Um, and like I said, like he has a massive ceiling. He's the clear number one target. So he is my favorite captain play for this slate. Yeah, he's been he's been money all year. He only has one game below 50 yards receiving. And that was his first game as as an oh. NFL pro. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, he's been, he's been money all year, you know, high floor guy, obviously yeah. with the high ceiling, as you mentioned, yeah. because of the, the, the way he's used, uh, I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara here. And, you know, he finally got off the Schneid in the touchdown department in the last game. Baltimore is kind of a run funnel defense. They're 12th in DVOA against the pass. Even after that awful start with the, the big, mm-hmm. you know, all the big plays given up to Miami and which doesn't look as bad now because Miami's just, I mean, <laughs> Tua has been balling. But, uh, you know, 25th in DVOA against the run. And that's uncharacteristic for Baltimore. Now, they are getting some guys back on their defensive front. And, you know, I think that will help. But still, you know, the Saints team, their MO is run the football first and foremost. And Kamara is a big part of that. Baltimore also giving up the sixth most schedule adjusted targets per game. Two opposing backs. Remember, this is not the Wink Martindale defense anymore, where you know they're they're playing man coverage and blitzing, and the running back really doesn't get a chance to to get into many routes. He's got to block a lot uh, of the time. So now Baltimore is much more zone heavy team, and as a result, you're seeing teams dump it off underneath to the backs a lot more. So with Mark Ingram out, you could also see Kamara perhaps 
play a little bit more higher of a snap count this week. I, there is a guy I like behind him that we'll talk about in a bit. But uh, to me, you know, you're playing, you, you know, you're at home. They, you know, it's just a small underdog in a kind of a coin flip game that, that could go either way. Uh, I, I do think they lean on Kamara as a centerpiece focal point of the game plan. Yeah, I love it. I, I think either Lave or Kamara in the captain slot makes sense. Would you consider Taysom Hill in the captain slot? Oh, yeah, he has to be every week. I mean, <laughs> well, seriously, he's a, yeah. he's a, a what, a three-touchdown threat every single time he yep. steps on the field because he, a lot of times, he's getting these red zone and goal line looks over Kamara. Now, that changed a little bit in the last game, I think, because, you know, Kamara he didn't get a touchdown through the first seven weeks of the year. They're like, all right, we got to get this guy in the end zone. And yeah. there was a lot of talk about, Kamara and like he was saying we lost our swag we got to get it back and so I, I think they're going to keep feeding him but yeah I love Taysom and Taysom's routes uh route participation uh, has been on the upswing as well so yeah I'm, I'm actually yeah. projecting him for a reception yeah exactly and he, caught, <laughs> he caught about early in the last game if I'm yeah. not mistaken against the I mean what I, you got to almost throw that game out uh for at least for the Saints defense I, I do yeah. like I don't think I don't think Baltimore is going to I know we're kind of hyping up all saints guys here i still would play some lamar too yeah. uh i think my stucky made a good point a lot of the raiders were on the injury report with an illness heading into that saints game so it might have been a covid situation that you just oh uh, yeah like Devontae was sick yeah because that's the only yeah. it was inexplicable like listen the saints we, we thought they'd have a better defense than they actually did coming into that game now that they're, they look a little better in the metrics but um yeah i, I still think baltimore is not gonna like you know, get shut out or anything like that. But yeah, to answer your question, yes, Taysom, always, always. <laughs> of course. Probably the uh, highest ceiling on this lake. It's still a Lamar Jackson. Like, for Barrow, like you but. said, like, <laughs> three, like Chris McCaffrey, three different types of touchdowns upside. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that is true. <laughs> uh, who do you like for dart throws? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Okay, well, <laughs> I banned myself from using this guy last week uh, until he broke out. So now that he finally broke out, I'm going with Isaiah Likely again. Um, and we saw, you know, Mark Andrews went down. Uh, he had an amazing start to that game, went down, Likely came in, ran 81% of the routes, and, you know, caught six balls for 77 yards and a touchdown. Looked amazing doing it. Um, so I'm thinking, uh, you know, even if Andrews returns this week, which I think he will, uh, now he could be limited. They're going to have to use Likely either way because Rashad Bateman's out for the season. Um, you know, I expect them to elevate Deshaun Jackson, but he's a different type of receiver. So either way, I think likely has to be their number two target going forward. Um, so I love getting him here. I don't care if the cat's out of the bag now. Everybody knows about him. He could be chalky. Um, if Mark Andrews does miss, it's going to be pretty obvious. And like I said earlier in the week, um, when I updated my projections, assuming Andrews is out, Isaiah likely was my number two tight end overall for the week. So that just goes to show the massive upside he has if Andrews were to ever miss time or be limited. So I'm sticking with likely here. Um, and then on the Saints side, uh, I got to go with Rashid Shahid. That's my I dude. Mean, how, how could you not? <laughs> I'm glad I got an outline and took him first. But uh, he is the perfect dart throw for a showdown slate. Uh, he has been a big play machine the past three weeks for the Saints. Um, and his routes run rate, you know, it was around 15% his first two games. Last week it doubled to 32%. Um, and I could see him, you know, increasing his role going forward. He's looked that good. So, like I said, the Ravens defense has been prone to deep balls this year. Yes, a lot of those were against the Dolphins. But either way, you know, he's the kind of guy that only really needs one big catch, one big run 
um, to kind of break the slate. So I think he's he's the perfect kind of dark throw for a showdown slate. Yeah, I like Shahid a lot. Um, Weber State, right? It's that, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Weber State guy, un, undrafted free agent, but it seems to me like he's playing that Deontay Hardy role. Like, and that's, you know, that's the consistent, like that's the role on the Saints. Like it's not a big role, but it's a role that you're usually going to get maybe 20% of the snaps on offense. And I I think they kind of design plays for him because even looking at his routes run six, the first time he played eight, the next time, 10 uh, last week. So it seems to me like they're, you know, they're kind of integrating him slowly, but they're designing a package for him every week, and he's explosive and he, it's paid off. So yeah, I think I think it's going to continue. And I, you know, even with Landry coming back, uh, I don't think it's going to cut into Shahid. I think he's always going to have that, you know, fifteen to thirty percent uh, kind of snap rate and, and get a few gadget plays designed yep. for him. So yeah, love love that call. Uh, I'll go with my boy, James Prochet. Yes. Um, I'm going to continue to not buy the Demarcus <laughs> Robinson height. I know he had six catches for 64 last week, but it was actually Prochet who uh, outsnapped Robinson pretty significantly, 70% route participation rate for Prochet, 53% for Robinson. And Prochet's was the same as Devin DuVernay. So, uh, and, and that they've talked up Prochet and, and you know, hey, we're going to get him more opportunities. So uh, I think it could easily flip this week with, uh, Prochet getting more uh, catches than Robinson. So going with him, uh, d- you mentioned Deshaun Jackson. If he's active, obviously, I think you want to you want to throw a couple of darts with him just because Bateman out for the season, a quarter of Bateman's targets this year uh, were 20 yards or more downfield. So they are kind of missing that role in the offense. Tywin Wallace is a guy who I think at times they've used in that role, but he's obviously fallen out of favor I'm getting passed up by Prochet, and he was inactive uh, the last two weeks. I think he'll be active this week, but if they call up Jackson, there's a chance he's still not active, uh, and they they go with four wide receivers again. So uh, either way, I think Jackson, if he's active, is is the guy that you want, and then and then Prochet, those two uh, are going to be the guys you want. And for the Saints, Dwayne Washington, just because Mark Ingram is out for three to four weeks, and with that. Washington played a season high 13 snaps last week. He tied a season high with four touches. And the other back that they were kind of using in that backup to Camaro, Tony Jones Jr., he's now on the Seahawks. Now he might get cut too because Travis Homer came back last week and he was a healthy scratch. But uh he's as far as we know, he's still on the Seahawks roster. And so I think Washington, who's always going to be active for uh one of the better special teams players in the league. So I think he's going to kind of step into that backup running back row and remember Kamara he has had some in-game injury situations you know with the, with the ribs and the shoulder uh, and things like that so uh, obviously Taysom Hill will play some running back too but Washington is you know a big big hit from Kamara away from being the the team's number one running back uh in this game so uh give me some Dwayne Washington as well yeah so they have uh Jordan Howard and Jake Funk on the practice squad do you think they'll call well, they'll call one of them up, but you think it'll be Jordan Howard? And would he be interesting at all? Um, I would say yes, only because we saw how they they thrust Latavius Murray into a meaningful role yeah. the minute he signed with the team. So I would I would say yeah, but because uh, they I, they don't really trust Dwayne Washington. Has he ever had a big game? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. A, uh, let's see. Remember. So he had, I think he had one or two when. Like week 17 oh, type games. Let me yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Was it last year? Okay. 
Yeah, no, I mean, he's like, look, they gave him, you know, they gave, they could have just given Camaro all the usage last week and they, they gave Washington. <laughs> yeah. some, but let's see. Uh, he did yeah, nothing last year. He's had a hundred yard game. He had a hundred yard game in 2018. Oh, there we go. Yeah, he's, um, he's been talented, but he's been around for a while. Yeah, I mean, no, don't not you know, let's not be mistaken here. He's a special yeah. teamer <laughs> who is going, you know, is running back by trade, mostly plays special teams, but yeah. in this situation, um, you know, he's still kind of the, the number two running back. So Jordan Howard, I think, is intriguing if he gets called up. Uh, yeah. I would kind of look at both of them as equal. If it's Jake Funk, not as much because I think Funk would be more of like a passing down specialist yeah. or a guy who would take over that special teams role for Washington so that Washington could kind of play more running back. So um, yeah. Howard would be more interesting. Uh, maybe he gets you a touchdown, but as of now, it, it's Dwayne Washington and he's been that, that guy that's next up. So uh, I yeah, think I think, I think investing in whoever the backup is, is a good call. And uh, when it comes to James Prochet, uh, he has four catches on the season. How many do you need now? I think it's what do we um, do? 49 45. So if uh, for oh, the listeners, okay. we, we have a side bet. Um, <laughs> For James Rocher receptions on the season, I have under 49 and a half and Raybon has over. <laughs> um, and I am not doing a victory lap by any stretch of the imagination. You've been so hot this year. I'm, I I think that <laughs> I might win it. But when yeah. they came down for the year, I mean, Rocher could be their top receiver the rest of the season. So, uh, you know, if he has a good second half, you got a shot here. I think it's over. But <laughs> I will say this. Uh, last year... He did randomly have a game in uh, in December against the Bengals where he had seven catches for, for 76 yeah. yards. So he's like, yeah, he yeah has, we've seen him. Yeah, we've seen him <laughs> catch some balls in the past, but it's it's still the Ravens. Like I, I thought he was going to open the year as the uh, as the number three. That That's that's kind of why I made the bet. Well, play. he's been banged up, too, yeah. to be fair. And uh, we do got a fullback. We do have a fullback on oh, this slate. Yeah. You know, we're, we're doing our best to to keep the fullback position alive and thriving. It's Patrick Ricard. I would say he's he's, a, he's more of a on the better side of uh, of the spectrum when it comes to these dart throws, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because um, let's see, if we look at the last five or six game, he's averaged a 38% route participation. So he's out there running routes. Um, he'll see, you know, maybe one or two targets. Um, potentially a goal line uh, vulture. I, I don't know if he has any touchdowns this year, but certainly um, he has them in the past. Um, and it, like I, I got mistaken the last time he was on a showdown slate, he used to play defensive end as well. So very versatile player, um, especially, you know, a guy with Bateman down, maybe Mark Andrews is going to be limited again. A guy like Ricard is definitely an above average fullback showdown play. Yeah. 6'3", 311. <laughs> yeah he is a monster yeah that's I, crazy he should like, have more uh rushing touchdowns in my opinion yeah he's never had one i believe that's no weird. yeah he's never had one he's had five receiving none, none rushing oh five receiving touchdowns yep. okay yep so uh wow. five but still i mean that's five five touchdowns on 42 career touches so that's yeah. a pretty good rate if you just, you just get a touch <laughs> or two on the on the showdown slate i mean you're talking about a better than a 10 percent chance yep so he is yeah. an absolute tank absolutely <laughs> uh and what do the uh, luck rankings look like for this one oh so this is actually a good one um so the ravens rank seventh uh, they're the seventh luckiest team and the saints are 29th. So the third unluckiest team, that is the largest luck differential of the week. 
Um, that's a differential of 22. Um, and the reason is, you know, both teams have played more like four and four teams. So this should be a pretty close matchup. So um, let's see, how would we use that to apply to this game? Um, I mean, I can, the spread. I, mean, I think I'm close. doing it right. I think I got, I got, I got the Saints running backs and Ravens. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the Ravens are playing catch up and have to throw to Isaiah likely. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> um but yeah that that is interesting because a lot of people would say the ravens are unlucky because they could also be like six seven and oh didn't they trail or, or what is it? yeah they, that's that's they, they only trailed for like 120 seconds right yeah that's or an something. interesting point because they, they've been really good at building up a lead and then they give it back so it's like what do you give more credit to um so that's I, that's all sorted out when we come up with our expected score mm-hmm um, so at the end of the day, they have been good at building up leads, but then they can't keep it. What, which is really bizarre because the Ravens should be a good run heavy team. They've been, you know, Lamar has been a front runner his career. So that's been a bizarre aspect with the Ravens, but according to our luck rankings, it's sort of canceled out. Uh, but on the Saints side, they have been unlucky. Um, especially, you know, the, um, the London game, I think it was, they yeah. lost by three. My God, I had, <laughs> I had them plus three and a half. So I ended up winning, but they had so many just, timely penalties where you know they would stop the vikings on third down and then there's a penalty so now it's first down they had so many just unfortunate mistakes in that game granted they were self-made uh but either way they have been a lot better than i think the public considers them and we just talked about their whole team as (laughs) you know really good place for dfs they have a very versatile uh team of you know offensive players their defense has been lackluster this year but they they have talent there so it's just a situation where the perception of them is probably lower than what it should be. I mean, are the Vikings pretty lucky? They're six and one. So I would, oh I would yeah, guess... the, the Vikings are absolutely <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm good. I was, lucky, yeah. I'm selfishly asking because I already yeah. Uh, and the the Vikings on the Commanders. Are... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the, the Vikings are always getting in one score games. Yep. So they're winning the, them this the, year, which is good for their fans. yeah. Exactly. They they always get them, and this year they have finally seen the luck go in their favor. But going forward, you know, you would expect them to be closer to 50-50 in these one-score games. But, yeah, they have been very lucky this year. All right. Well, that is going to wrap it for the Week 9 Fantasy Flex Night Shift podcast. For more great fantasy content from Sean and I, be sure to check out our full player projections episode, which is out right now over on the Action Network podcast channel. We also have our fantasy preview episode where we break down a Thursday night slate and the main slate uh, that's right here on the Fantasy Flex podcast channel, which is out as well. Also, you can check out the news and waivers episode of Fantasy Flex every Monday from Samantha Praviti and Mike Triplett. ActionNetwork.com for all of our NFL fantasy and betting content, fantasy labs for our DFS tools and models. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon, and you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Money.